Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the United We Stand podcast. We're on our way to Newcastle. It's feels like it should be a bank holiday still, but most people are back to work. Newcastle's got different memories for many of us. It's a happy hunting ground for United normally, although we've had some losses there. And I think when we talk about favourite Newcastle journeys, um, my day would be um, the one back in 1996, which started um, when a few of us lived together in Ermston, and there was a knock at the front door on a night game. And it was uh, a gypsy. He was selling some um, white heather and uh, no doubt other things, which sounds quite stereotypical, but actually it did happen. And we came to the door and we actually, we gave this person time at the door. We talked to them and she wished us luck. And we, to the four of us, all gave us some money. And the one thing we wished for was that Manchester United went unbeaten from then until the end of the season. And that's what happened. And so if anyone knocks at your door offering to sell Heather, I'd take it. Although I'm not sure what you'd be wishing about the match tomorrow night. But we'll come to that in a bit. That night, we went to uh, Newcastle. We won the game, 1-0. Interestingly, beforehand, there'd been a photo shoot done by the Independent on sartorially dressed Manchester United fans and how they stood apart from everybody else. I remember taking us against the wall, lining up, doing this photo shoot, and then eagerly looking at the independent the next day for a photo of how well-dressed I was, and to be found that um, I was nowhere to be seen. I don't think my dress sense has improved since then. We sat here, as I say, on the way to Newcastle, and things have changed since a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago when, um, against Liverpool, we thought the end of the world was coming. Now we seem to be full of uh, the joys of spring. So, ask you, Rick, first, what's changed? Why, why has it changed? And has it been lucky that the change came when it did? The, the change is that they got rid of the manager, isn't it? It's, uh, and, it, you know, they've, they've done it at a time when it's probably given Solskjaer the best chance he could po- possibly have with the games they've had. I mean, you couldn't have handpicked three better games to start as manager of Manchester United, I don't think. Um, but I think it's just given everyone a lift, hasn't it? Both on and off the pitch. I think noticeably the atmosphere has been a lot better both at home and um, and at the away game. But um, I think the whole club's just had a, a lift from it. They're playing more attacking football. The players, you know, who you can't ignore the lack of effort that some of those players put in before that change was made. And whilst I agree it was the right thing to do to change the manager, you can't now just forget the the fact that they weren't putting a shift in, and that needs to be looked at for the rest of this season and into the summer and I'd be getting rid of some of those players who don't, aren't good enough and you know need there needs to be a level of standard at that football club that we never drop below again and you know if we have a few bad results under Solskjaer you can't have the players throwing the uh, throwing the tide out of the pram and not performing can you? Is, is that fair? Because could you not argue that Marino's way at football was okay when we lost the ball what we used to do was we went back into a shape, yeah? So they went back into a shape and they laid off. So they went back, so the opponents were allowed to bring the football forward, which means that your players didn't have to put in that energy, didn't have to put in that effort, because you had a job to do. 
I'm not, I'm not having any managers tell them to go out and not run as fast as they can run. Some of them just weren't putting a shift in. Some of them wanted wanted him to go. You could see they weren't they weren't trying their hardest. Look at the difference. I mean, obviously a lot of it's because of the playing more attacking football. It's better to watch you throwing people forward. But you, nobody's telling me that all those players were trying their hardest those last few weeks under Mourinho. They didn't want to be there, did they? As a lot of the fans didn't want to be either. To be fair, it was dull and boring. Yeah, it was. But in terms of the way that you look at, say, um, the biggest criticism has come of Pogba. And he's quite a divisive figure, isn't he, at the moment? John T, are you in or on the uh, Pogba in or the Pogba out camp? Pogba's a cunt at the end of the day, really, isn't he? Why? He, just wasn't, he obviously wasn't trying before. It's not the fact he's scoring goals that's annoying, it's the fact that he, he, he would run back in the, against... Uh, <coughs> who did he play the other day? Who's the last game? Bournemouth. It was Christmas, you're allowed to get who we played, don't worry. He ran back about 20, 20 yards at one point and slide tackled someone from behind. There was no way on earth he would have done that a month ago. No chance. But if you've got a manager who's telling you that that's where you play, that is your job, and Van Gaal was very clear, and you could see that from the way Ander Herrera played for Van Gaal, he was allowed to do two things, pass it back 10 yards or pass it back 20 yards. If you've got a manager who tells you that is where you play, that is what you do, and you are not allowed to do any more than that, yeah? Do you disrespect him, which Pogba tended to do at some times, and therefore get dropped? Or do you listen to him like the other players did, and, under, and what appears to be underperforming, or what now appears to be not trying hard enough? So, well, Pogba got a lot of chance in a lot of different positions. He played him behind the strike, he played him as a deepest midfield, he played him in the middle, he played three midfielders, he played two midfielders. And he didn't put a shift in, in any of the positions. Because he? because he had a set maybe he had a set thing to do. Well possibly, but he got given a lot of set ways of playing and he, he didn't he didn't do well in any of them. So he's, he's definitely had a lack of effort. He's a good, very good player, but he's, he's, he clearly wasn't trying. Does he think so does he get a second chance? Well he's gonna get one, isn't he? Would you want to give him a second chance? If it was up to you. Do Manchester United risk getting rid of their greatest talent? Currently in this side, I'm building a side around him because that's we're still fed because we're a bit sulky. They didn't put a shift in when Marino was there. When we wanted Marino, rid of Marino as well. well some of us did. Some of you did. I didn't. But go on. But that's the problem they've got now, isn't it? They've not got that. They've not got enough talented players that they can get rid of Pogba and say, well, we're, we're, we're good enough without him. Like they had the, the position when Fergie was here, they got rid of someone like Manisha or they had or Beckham, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rooney, all that players to, to play. They've not got them players now. They need Pogba. Shame because it would be nice to just say, No, you can go fuck yourself. Well, there's no, I, I still think in an ideal world, the football club moves him on in January, not not because he's not talented, not because he can't improve and do better than what he's done. So, send the message out to the current squad and the future squad no player is bigger than Manchester United Football Club, and for that matter, no manager is bigger than Manchester United Football Club either. And that's what that's what got Mourinho the sack in there. Everybody who's ever met Paul Pogba and that includes you know uh, people through United We Stand have said how nice he is how polite he is what a smashing bloke he is and yet we seem to have never taken him back into us he never got a song he's part of a, a, a song now I won't worry about not having a song though some of our greatest players but he's not been but he's never been taken to our hearts has he you know, as soon as someone comes to the club, there's usually some kind of, however oh, no. poor, some song is, is sort of developed around them. Pogba's been here long enough to have some kind of adulation aimed at him, but he's never, ever been taken back into it. Why do you think that? Why, why might that be? I'm not sure that's the case. 
Just because he's not got a saw, I don't think that's a load of rubbish, to be honest. Okay. I don't, well, I, I, honestly, I don't buy that he wasn't. That he's not been taken back in. He was, you know, it was like, <laughs> um, it, you know, it was like the return. It's like the prodigal son return when he came back. It was, you know, everyone was absolutely buzzing about it. But his performances on the pitch for a world record transfer, whatever it was, nine million pounds, haven't been anywhere near the level they should be. That's that's the simple matter as to why people aren't as full of adulation about him now as they might have been the, the, the day they signed him. He's not consistently performed anywhere near the level his, his talent says he should or his price. I mean, I'm not bothered about how much players cost. It's all, you know, it's ridiculous money in it at the end of the day. But the amount of ability he's got, and you see it in glimpses, you know, half an hour away at City last year, and he's turned the game on the head. Well, why is he not doing it more often? That's, I mean, that's the that's the disconnect that's created between him and the... Uh, or is it because he's now allowed to do it? He's allowed to be box-to-box. He's allowed to go and play wherever he wants to go and play. Is that the real reason why I we're mean, seeing an upturn in performance? Well, I mean, he wouldn't... There's, there's no chance he scores that first goal on Sunday against Bournemouth under Mourinho because he wouldn't have been in the box to slide in when Rashford. And who's fault is that? His fault or is no, that that's, fault? That, that's tactics. But let's let's see how he plays when we're away at Tottenham in a couple of weeks. That, it's all right getting up and down in a game uh, against Bournemouth at home, isn't it? But let's see what he does in a big game. Okay. So, Mike, you listen to that what we've said about. You know what? How, how Pogba does in a big game against, you know, say Tottenham or next one coming up. So what about Solskjaer? When does Solskjaer? When does the honeymoon stop for Solskjaer? Well, see, won't we? I guess. Like we've got when we've got City, Liverpool, and two PSG games. I think that's when we'll see whether he'll pull it out or not. But I don't think he. I think at some point it will end. Like they can't last forever. I reckon in January it'll start showing that there's cracks in his how professional he is. Do you think it'll be down to then the club to try and help him through it? Or do you think this may be what they want? Because actually, Solskjaer, being manager of Manchester United, might not fit. Yeah, I think they definitely don't want to keep him in the summer. They want they do want a new manager, so I think it'll probably suit the club that he doesn't do too well, so that he, the club, their fans don't want him to stay at the end. It could be that option if he carries on the way, the way he is now. Then people are wanting to stay at the end of the season, won't they? But if he does all right, then there's more motivation to get a new manager. Okay, so we're driving down to Tottenham, as I say, and um, no, we're not. We're driving down to Newcastle. It just feels like, yeah, we, it just feels like it's um, a game too far for this Christmas and New Year. In terms of the fact that today's supposed to be everyone's first day back at work. Um, what made you decide that it wasn't going to be yours for this fixture? And what do you feel about the way that these Christmas fixtures have either fallen for us and fallen for other clubs? There's a big contentious point. I noticed yesterday lunchtime that, you know, New Year's Day, and there's Leicester having to get up after a, you know, after a night out. And for television, go to, you know, where were they yesterday? Um, Everton. Was fair? And what about our journey tonight? Sad to say, you, you just get used to it now, don't you? I think with the uh, the long midweek aways, it's um, every season they seem to put the furthest games midweek. Crystal Palace, I think the last say, three seasons have been midweek. We've played Brighton, West Ham, so you do get a bit used to it. But it's, it's not right, and it's, you know they do need to think about the fans. As to why I've come today, um, it was either come here or go back to work, so it was quite a simple choice, really. Um, Got to say, it wasn't. Overly looking forward to a long trip after quite a heavy Christmas period, but um, you get back on, you're back with your mates, aren't you? And it's um, 
it'll be good and hopefully they'll, they'll carry on playing like they've played in the last three games in terms of Newcastle fixtures and I know that we've we tend to play quite well and we've got some memorable games here you know there's also some bad defeats I remember this year when he got um, when they won 5-0 and standing in front of us when we were all in that corner bit what are your good memories of Newcastle? Well I mean the obvious one that stands out is the 6-2 game the um, skulls that trick and they just you know there, there was that I think it was it two, maybe three or four days apart or maybe it might have been a bit longer than that from the um, they, they played Arsenal didn't they as well and it was just I don't know the that, that was a great performance that day um, you know looked a bit vulnerable at the back but going forward they were uh, unstoppable uh, you know even O'Shea going down the wing and the little drag backs coming in and having a shot and stuff like that we, we looked like we'd score every time we went forward uh, and is that a bit like what this sort of nostalgia that Solskjaer's brought back with him the fact that actually if you score three times we'll score four yeah it is isn't he? I mean, you know, he's, he, he's he's focusing on what we're Potentially the best at which is which is attacking. There's absolutely no point in us going for a clean sheet at the minute because we don't know how we've got one in us, have we? So you may as well attack and keep attacking. Um, you know, yeah, you, you remember obviously remember Solskjaer for, the, for all the goals he scores, but you know there were times certainly when he was at the club and certainly under Ferguson where they didn't play the open, free-flowing attacking football that people now remember from that period. They were, you know. You had to be cautious in certain games. You had to play tactically in other games. You know, we never went to Anfield and threw six, seven people forward at a time because that wasn't the way that you win games of football. And Ferguson understood that. So there's a there's a time and a place to do it. But Bournemouth at home, Huddersfield at home is absolutely the time to be throwing six, seven people forward into the box. And that's what's that's what since you know well, since Moyes joined the club and, and the managers since then, that's what's been the hardest to take for me. I think you know the home games against the bottom half of the table. We've been looking like we're happy to, to hold out for a 1-0, keep the ball, pass it around, get one goal and sit back. We're happy with it. We should be going scoring four or five against them teams. Yeah, you let one in, but who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Neil, um, good memories for you of Newcastle? Yeah, loads, mate. Which was The cup game in 1990, the fifth round of the FA Cup. Thousands and thousands of United there and hardcore, proper hardcore following. Enjoyed that. Yeah. And a lively old day as well afterwards. Yes, do you remember them um, when we left... They were still all stood on the Gallagher. No one had moved, had they? Well, I we were waiting for them well, to go. Going, we're going nowhere. I went in the car. And I think it was in a minibus that day, and I just remember coming out. And there's fucking thousands of them waiting for us at the top of the road. There wasn't many police about either. So, um, but as Rick said as well, the six-two was great. Obviously, Cantona as well in '96 was yeah. the league as well. It's brilliant. But great, lot of great trips to Newcastle. I actually like coming here. I do. I think so it's good atmosphere and uh, always like winding the Geordies up. It's pretty easy, isn't it? Remind them of only one United. Yeah, definitely. I reminded them they got 12,000 against Oxford in 1988, I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't so long. They, didn't, um, they had a few crowds around those teams, didn't they, at that time, um, for being a city with only one club in them. Um, in terms of then today, we would have expected, whoever was manager tonight, that we would have win, won. We expect to beat Newcastle. Yeah. Because we are, in, in essence, top six club. We think we should be top four. And certainly last year we were top two. In terms of then tonight, does it all go start to go horribly long if we don't get that result, if Solskjaer can't pull it out of them? Well, I think they will win tonight quite comfortably. The only thing that worries me a little bit is Rondon. He's a handful up front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are. We're giving a, a silly goal away every single game we play. We've got, we got to sort that out. But to be fair to the manager again, he's, he's identified that and he keeps talking about that as well. Got to sort the back four out because to get any kind of success, you've got to keep a clean sheet, keep a clean sheet, you win football matches. I think that's what he said after the Bournemouth game. Or perhaps it was the... 
He said a lot of really good things, though, wasn't he, Solskjaer? John T, what stood out for you about the things that he said? Do you think he says a lot of the things because he's almost got a tick script yeah. that he has to sort of go through to because he wants to get us back on side? Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's a PR, isn't he? He's been told exactly what's this, fed the lines, what he's going to say for the next six months. He won't criticise anyone, and then he'll go in the end of summer, which is probably what they need, but he is just being fed all the lines to say, because it's quite obvious, isn't it? But it's really nice to hear, isn't it? I mean, for whatever... I, I think that's a bit cynical. I don't, I don't think he's being fed lines. I think he's... He was indoctrinated during his whatever 10, 11 years at Old Trafford, and you know he still says we because he still sees us we. And you know, he'd, no Manchester United manager ever should be worried about the opposition more than they're worried about what we're going to do on the pitch. And that's one of the first things he said in that first press conference was we'll worry about ourselves, not the opposition. But that's, you know, that's we're Manchester United for fuck's sake. We shouldn't be trying to make it hard for Newcastle at home or whatever it was under Myers that he uh, that he said. And I think he's, he's just a breath of fresh air, isn't he? At the minute, he's, he's enthusiastic. He looks like he wants the job. Some of the last ones he had, Jesus, it's like being forced into it almost. But we want him to have the job, don't we? I, I don't think there's a single person who would be in that away end tonight who wouldn't love. It's always good to go and. Well, obviously, win the Champions League this year, but go on and you know be our manager for a long time, playing the football, playing, being successful. Is he ready for it? Well, probably not. And there's a lot harder test to come than the three games we've played so far. And we'll probably start to see you know where he's at, where the squad's at um, when we're playing teams like Tottenham away in a couple of weeks' time. But what a, what an opportunity for him! He can go away somewhere else after this. And I don't see him going back to Molder. He'll get a job somewhere in the Premier League, maybe something like that. And who knows? He might come back in a few years' time. Has the genius of all this though been bringing back the likes of Mike Phelan and letting Solskjaer bring Dempsey over, and then looking to keep McKenna, keep Carrick, and sort of gain a whole United feel to it all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think most people agree now that Moyes' biggest mistake when he joined the club was to just annihilate the backroom staff that had been there through you know, a successful period, obviously, under Ferguson, and try and change it. And you can still see you can still see his rationale in doing it. He had the people he trusted who he'd done a good job with at, at Everton, and he brought them in. But it was it was too much change at one time, I think, and it was unnecessary. He could have, could have had a slightly bigger staff, kept a few of them. And I think, you know, Solskjaer's come in short-term, bringing somebody like Phelan back in who knows the club inside out. It's, it's a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Uh, and, yeah, you know, they need... They need uh, McKenna and Carrick there. Um, otherwise, you're bringing in loads of extra new people and changing it again. Then probably in the summer, if whoever comes in. So, you know, they'll, they'll learn as well under under feeling and such. Won't they? Okay. So before we move on, so with the scores for tonight, have you got any predictions? Does anybody here think we won't win? You want to go go a scoreline for tonight? Um, two 0 I'm going to go two one, but I do think it might be nil nil. <laughs> Do you want to pick any more, John? <laughs> no. uh, I've gone 2-1 on the uh, predictions. Don't see us getting a clean sheet. No, so not a clean sheet. 3-1, because we can't keep a clean sheet. Yeah, OK, so it seems pretty comprehensive that no-one actually thinks we could lose. Um, not wanting to mention it, but for obvious reasons, I will do. Tomorrow night sees um, the first and the second in the Premiership play each other. At the end of the season, one team already thinks they've won it, but they have done every December for uh, forever, and the other team is starting to flap a little bit. And if it was a choice between the two, obviously we want neither of them to win it. But where does that where does that boil down as United fans now? If you, Rick, who do you want if there's no other choice and Tottenham are going to do a Spurs uh, as they always do? Who do you want to win that this year? 
obviously goes without saying you don't want either of them to win it. I, I still think at this moment in time, a win, a, a Premier League title win for Liverpool does far more for them as a football club than it does for City. So I'd say, and on the basis that what a City on five, that's quite a long way from 20 in Liverpool. But they might not stay on five because obviously with the cheating that goes well, on within the club, down, they'll lose some of those, yeah, won't yeah. they? Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd probably say City to it because I think it does less for them as a football club and we can worry about um, them when they get a bit closer to 20. Dante? What cheating do you mean, Steve? I think I think it's quite obvious only from reading the newspaper reports and things that are already out there in the media, Dante. Right. Yeah, um, there seems to be some con- uh, bones of contention around the financial fair play. I'd agree with Rick. I think it's just be unbearable if Liverpool won the league. If City won the league, that. They've, they've, won a lot, they've won a couple recently, haven't they? Just, you kind of get used to it. I've never seen Liverpool win a league title in my life, so it just makes me feel sick thinking about it. Yeah, that makes me feel very old. <laughs> um, in terms of Liverpool, they could beat City's points total, and if they got 101 points, 102, and won the league, it would be funny, wouldn't it? They're going to say that they weren't even the best team no, for 12 months, never mind, no, ever. No, it'd be I'd horrible. I'd rather, I'd rather them not. I'd rather them not. I'd rather City keep that for a bit and see what happens rather than Liverpool break any more records and win the league. It'd be horrible. And what about yourself, man? <laughs> what the fuck do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> I don't know. You tell us. Scouse cons winning fucking corner, let alone a fucking league. No, I hate City with a passion, but I hate Liverpool more. I want them to win fuck all, ever. Right. So, any quite a difficult. <laughs> Quite not exactly split on that, then are we? So we'd all prefer City to win than Liverpool. For, for, for me, I'd rather I'd rather City win the league, and if it, if it was to go, if it was for the Champions League, I'd rather Liverpool win the Champions League because it'd just be unbearable if City won the Champions League as well. Yeah, don't forget we're still in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not for long. <laughs> well, that's the mood on the coach um, on the way down. Quiet post Christmas but very confident and um, really looking forward to the game tonight and how we're going to play Right, we're back on the coach after the game and uh, yet again Solskjaer has uh, managed to get a so far disappointing Manchester United season uh, looking better and better Jamie, what what was the difference tonight then? Uh, They're just playing with miles more confidence I think under Mourinho it drained all the confidence out of them all and it's just a bit more attacking fans are behind them a little bit more um, and it's just miles better. I think that we're attacking fast football, one touch. It didn't quite come off all the time today, but um, they stuck with it. And of course, two two uh, decent goals at the end. There were two decent goals. We had a chance for another, for a third, uh, a couple of chances for a third. Sanchez would have got. Um, he's got a little bit of a cameo there, hasn't he, to come in and do things. Did he do anything? Did he do enough to suggest? I mean, I presume he'll start against Reading. Yeah, he's been out for ages and. Yeah, he worked hard, he kept tracking back, which was something that he had to do more under Mourinho than I thought he'd be expected to do. Maybe under Solskjaer he'll play a more attacking role. Um, but yeah, he just needs games, he's been out for a while, hasn't he? And I, I think he'll benefit from a team that's winning, playing attacking football. So yeah, hopefully a few more positives. One of the differences though in this team seems to be that um, Solskjaer's got every single one of us behind his current. How long will that continue or will it never cease? Well, I just think with Solskjaer at the helm, I don't think it'll cease as long as he's managers, managing us. He's playing Fergie football. We see, we even saw Lukaku tracking back today. How often did you see that before? 
players are playing in the rightful positions and they're willing to track back and defend as and when needed. Do you think when um, do you think he's come in and sat down with them individually and sort of said, there are now no expectation of you to do this, what I want you to do is just play with a smile on your face? Or do you think there's something deeper than that? Um, possibly something deeper than that regarding Mourinho, but he's got the Fergie work ethic, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's played under Ferguson, he knows what the Ferguson's work ethic is. Get out there, play the smile on your face, play for the badge. Manchester United, great team, always played attacking football. Two wingers, getting the crosses in, someone on the end of them. You lose it, trap back, play, play, play. And they're doing that now, and it's great to see. See, I think that's, that's one thing that's really pissed me off about the United players. We used to laugh at Chelsea when their players down tools and they get the manager sacked. And I, under Fergie, we could sort of never see that happening at United. And I think they've, but the one thing I'm leaving again, after I have done every match where Solskjaer's been, uh, been managing us, and it's like a slight bit of taste for me. Um, because yet again, under Mourinho, and I know there's the argument to suggest that he didn't want to be here and he, he treated players badly and he called them up in the, in the press publicly and stuff like that. I just, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed, well, more than slightly disappointed, I'm just, I'm gutted that we've got a bunch of players now who, if Solskjaer upsets them, they'll probably want, they'll probably want to get him out too. We, we've talked about um, wanting players wanting to play for the badge, and Solskjaer obviously has got it. He said all the right things. He talks yeah. about um, Manchester United history, he talks about uh, no team should ever, you know, work harder than us. There's no probably uh, bigger Geordie than Alan Shearer and Newcastle expected Alan Shearer to do the same but actually in the end after a, a brief sort of um, positive start they plummeted and, and went down under Shearer. Is there a danger that we are because of the runner games that we are being sort of led into you know thinking that he may be something that he's not he's got maybe he's had, possibly he's had, we've, had, we've had four games where we should win um, and you know you hope that continues there'll be tougher tests than all Spurs are coming up in a bit and we've got Liverpool and um, City both to come at Old Trafford so there'll be, there'll be bigger ones what Solskjaer seems to have done is and maybe it's like a new modern manager tactic where it's less technical and more giving them confidence. Yeah, just like what he's, his press confidence has been top. I've loved watching him. You end up like with a massive smile on your face all the way through it because he, he looks like he's having fun. And the players look like they're having fun. And Mourinho looked like he didn't want to be there. So I'm not, my argument isn't that Mourinho should have stayed and that ain't my point. My point is the players should have been able to do that, regardless of who's managing them. But no, Solskjaer, you can't fault him. You can't fault him. One worry is, though, that if he does, if he does well uh, up until the end of the season, will he be given the job next season? And if he is, would he be the right man? Yeah, that's true. Paul, there seems to be some difference in the way that some of the players are playing. Who's impressed you most in the last two, three games? Whose game has really come on? I think Pogba's playing a lot better, a lot more confidence, expressing himself. A, a lot of them are. That, that's what I think there was held back for him. And like Jamie's just said there, it's it's wrong that the fact is they didn't play because of Mourinho. And it's not fair on the fans like us that go every week, they can go out whenever they want, go to a different club. 
it's about playing pride. It's for the club and for the fans. And they, they just didn't seem want to do that. But now there seems to be something there that they want to play. You, you see that over the last four games. Look happy for. Well, at least today it wasn't one of a four-five-nil thrashing. It was an hard slog for him. But I still think the defence is dodgy. He's very dodgy there. I think I don't Jones today. We said it there, some of them things he did today was... I mean, he made a great tackle from a bad mistake, but I don't think he's the right centre-half for us. It was a danger, isn't it, in a game against someone like... when we're playing against someone like Rondon, who naturally bullies defenders. Actually, you need a Phil Jones there, because Lindelof, who's impressed over the last few games, isn't a player to allow, you know, is to stop a bully, is he? But Jones tonight, he did make some mistakes, but he didn't... he wasn't bullied. And they didn't really get a sniff, did they? Yeah, we won't win the league with Phil Jones, though. We won't win any of the main, major honours with Phil Jones at centre-half. That's my, my opinion. He's, he's pretty shit, to be fair. He's injury-prone. He's always got, like, a, a mistake in him. Um, yeah, and the, I, think they, I think Mourinho identified that in the summer. And, of course, the board didn't back him, which will be one of the reasons why he wanted out. <laughs> in so, terms of, though, OK, and you're right about Jones, probably our best centre-half is Smalling and yet none of us we probably all took a big gulp when we saw that Smalling had got a new contract because again do we really think he's the answer unless the question is who should leave next no and they, uh, Mourinho again I, I, Mourinho wanted a centre half and they, and they Woodward apparently vetoed it didn't they? he just decided to uh, to make the footballing decisions so you can understand why Mourinho started the season pissed off you understand why he was angry you can understand why he didn't want to be there because he'll be looking at City thinking they bought players it's not worked out so he's just bought another one with the full backs with the centre halves with the goalie spent millions on that Bravo didn't like him board backed him whereas Mourinho's not been on a level playing field with it we're certainly not that club now are we, who can go out and buy 11 players and then buy another 11. We know that we've got Bailly and Rojo, and again, we know that probably they're not good enough. I, I think Rojo is quite is a, is a solid player, which is someone we need. But like they said over Smalling, if you look at Smalling, do you think since he came to the club, he has improved as a player? I still think he's at the same level he was when he came. For someone you, we expected to be the next sort of Rio Fernand, play because he likes to play football, but I don't think he's improved as a footballer. Centaurs still come in pairs, don't they? Yeah, of course they do. I mean, we're never going to get a Fernand Vidic, Alistair Bruce for a long time. That, that's hard. That was just the way it was with us. We, we felt really lucky. But it's, you look who's out there, unless you go abroad and if you watch foreign football you don't you don't know who these players are because there's nothing in the English game at the moment coming through so Karen do you think the next step for United then is if we are going to push forward and we talked about whether we can talk all we want whether Solskjaer is going to stay I think our dream would be that he does fantastically well shows the board that he can do it with you know Fergie above him for however long Mike Phelan in place the rest of the team <laughs> there would be some investment in that team. But there's also talk about having a director of football. Is that the way United will go? Well, they're talking about Ferguson coming in and taking a position, aren't they, and helping Solskjaer along with that. I don't know whether that's just paper talk or not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, just, I just hope that Solskjaer carries on, carries on in this vein, gives the players the confidence that they were obviously lacking. With, with uh, Moyes, he was out of his depth. With Van Gaal, he was too technical. 
With Mourinho, I think he just spat his dummy out, was too moody. Now this guy's come in and they're coming out, they're playing with a smile on their face, they're getting on the pitch, they're just doing everything that they should do. And I just think it's absolutely amazing to see. The last four games have been brilliant, brilliant to watch. There's certainly talk, isn't there, that this was um, this move to get rid of Mourinho now was because our current owners... Um, are really are actually considering offers and looking to sell to whoever that might be. Therefore, there would be some investment. Would you trust that investment on somebody like Ole Gunnar, or do you think the way that the Continental Clubs have gone to go and appoint somebody who knows, like you've just said, Paul, who knows world football, who knows European football, and who knows avail- who's available? Um, I don't know. That's quite that's quite a difficult decision, isn't it? Really, or, or a dif- difficult que- uh, answer. To- you know, difficult question to answer. To be fair, I mean, you know, we've had three in, we've had three three managers in, haven't we? Since Ferguson, why not give him rain? Why not? He can't do any any worse, can he? I think we should be looking long term. It should be long term. This Liverpool have gone long term. City have gone long term. They've got a structure in place. They the board as a unit, like a director of football, as a collective, decide on players. It appears we've got Woodward who's going to say, no, you're not going to have a centre-half or we're going to buy a star player whether you want him or not, like Di Maria. Uh, you know, maybe Pogba as well. It is rumours that Mourinho didn't really want him. I think I just want someone more long-term. Neville always says it, doesn't he? He says we need someone just to like take a step back yeah, and have a long-term vision. And I think that in the modern, modern football probably does involve a director of football. But, but if you are going long-term, and obviously we went long-term, or we apparently went long-term when Moyes came in because we gave him a six-year contract... You know, he lost a lot of people. Well, he lost me on July the 1st when he sacked what was in and brought in round and, yeah, yeah, and he he brought in, you know, people that weren't Manchester United. But we saw very quickly he wasn't up to the job. So the plan can be long. Lumsden was, Lumsden was. Underrated coach he was. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. In terms of, though, if... I mean, if you look at the cheats, they put in place... A management structure before Guardiola ever came. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'd set it about, but they had the money to do it. Certain infrastructures can only be got by having, you know, by cheating and, uh, you know, and trying to bend the rules and stuff. United aren't up to that level yet. Liverpool have done it right, which probably goals us most of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So I mean, and, and going back to what we were talking about before, we've got a horrific situation, haven't we? Where we've got the only two clubs fighting out for the league this year are the two clubs we probably least want to win it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, we we've got. See, when Guardiola came in, they identified the fact that the two fullbacks were dead old, so replace them. We've got we've got two wingers. I know um, Shaw's played there, but we've got two failed wingers who are at our full-backs. And that's the long-term vision that I'm talking about. We've, um, we, we don't seem to be any one person overseeing it. And, it's, and I'll go back to the Mourinho point. If you're going to get a manager like Mourinho, who's, gonna, who, who's won titles everywhere, you need to give him the money to do it. And if we're, not, if we're going to go down the buying aging players to get the first title post-Fergie, you can't go half-hearted with Mourinho. You've got to properly go for it, and we did on. I, I reckon sack, sack off the the appointments like Mourinho, maybe like Solskjaer, and go for something more long-term, Pochettino maybe, with a proper backroom team, with a director of football. And we're not going to win the league this year, next year, the year after, but then plan for it being in five or six years' time. Does, does it... Well, we talk now about Pochettino, and actually, you know, from 
many people, it would have probably been a first choice. But now we've got this sniff of, we've got the club back, we've got Solskjaer back, we've got you know this love of the badge again back. It's going to be very difficult, isn't it, to go for Pochettino because he can't, he really can't win in our hearts, can he? Particularly unless Oli has a catastrophe, and then we have a horrific end to the season where we lose 10, 12 games on the road. Surely Pochettino can't come in because he's not Manchester United. No, I understand that. I understand it, and we've got a club back to playing with smiles on the faces. But I think if there's a manager in the mould of Fergie and Man United, it is Pochettino. Plays attacking stuff. I know he's not one out at Spurs, but promotes youth. I think he's he's got a proven record. It'll be, it'll be interesting when we have we have the bigger tests. Paris Saint Germain will be a tough one. And like I say, we've got the big home games against City and Liverpool. I think I'd gladly let City win uh, if it meant it stopped Liverpool winning it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with that. We'll be underdogs in both of them, I imagine. But you never know with the with the team behind him, with the fans behind him. Solskjaer might be the man. I know it's earlier on in the season when we were travelling away. I remember stood behind um, or below before the Chelsea game and saying... Wow, I can't remember many games where I've come to and not expected us to even get a point or even compete, never mind. And then we nearly actually got three points. Same at um, Liverpool, list, you know, uh, the day before Marino was sacked. Certainly same going to the uh, Etihad in the last two seasons. But again, we, we managed to get a result on one of them. All of a sudden, though, we're starting to believe again. We didn't come here tonight and think... Oh, not sure whether we're winning or not, did we? I know it was only Newcastle, but I was actually starting to believe that you know maybe maybe we could give Paris Saint Germain a game. Yeah, well, well, again, we'll go into that as underdogs, but we're, we're the form team. Again, it'll be interesting with the bigger tests. I, I'm confident, quietly confident. And if we get our forward scoring, nice fast one touch, people making runs, that's how we play. That's how that's how our players. If we're talking best suited to play. We're talking about if we're talking about lucky people in football. Ollie's certainly one of them, isn't he? He's got a golden touch. Yeah. I mean, Lukaku, the substitution today, was on for about three seconds, wasn't he? Yeah. First, First touch start. scored. I mean, it is, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of luck involved in that. But, and we're looking to, you know, if we're going to look um, at beating the likes of City and beating the likes of Liverpool, which we should be doing at home, there's no better person perhaps to do it, is there? the players look rejuvenated. I think they look rejuvenated. I think they look happy. I think they're comfortable playing. I think I think they're playing with with freedom. With you know whether whether they've had constraints under previous managers where they've said like you don't do this, you don't do that, or you don't do this, or stay here, stay there, don't do that, don't you know? I don't know, but, but they, they, they look as though they're playing as a team now, together, working for each other. We haven't seen that for a long time. We haven't seen it. I love it. I just love the football at the moment. You come away with a smile on your face. Yeah. You don't. You don't see. You don't see. You know, before the, earlier on in the season, you didn't see Lukaku tracking back. He's like staying where he was, and you know, different things that, that you're watching on the pitch today that didn't happen before. I, th- I think it's brilliant. I absolutely I'm think just it's having, like football again. I'm having visions of Mbappe running at Phil Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Neymar next to him. Yeah. Before swirling rugby tackles one of them to yeah, the floor yeah. in his own half. It'll be funny. We'll, we'll see However, that. they'll do it with a smile on their face, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we'll have a smile if on Jones does hit him, will he then stand off and not run back at him? That, that's what you've got to look at yeah. as well. Because he, as he had the test in that French league of a big defender coming up and clattering you. 
if you can catch him. Well, well, you never know, would you? I'd have that little bit of pace, but I don't know. So coming in, so we're going to get towards the end of the season. Um, certainly not soon, but. Where can we actually hope now to finish in the top four? Can we have a run in the FA Cup? Yeah, Chelsea dropped points today, didn't they? I think top yeah. four is doable. Definitely, yeah. the way we're playing as well. And other than City and Liverpool, I don't think I don't think Arsenal are that good. Chelsea aren't that good. Spurs are doing all right. But there's that fourth place that's definitely definitely doable. Still up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think they'll be giving up on that. So fourth place would probably seal his management if it's particularly if we got a good FA Cup run. I would like to think so, but we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, do we, with the board? We don't know. We don't know, do we? I would like to think so. It would like be interesting. So. This January window would be interesting to see if they're going to maybe be swerved towards Solskjaer. If he's allowed to buy someone, that would indicate that he's got a chance of uh, got a chance of staying. And who he would buy. You don't know whether he's got someone in mind. He might have already done that, but if they do give him money, does that indicate that well, maybe he might get the job at the end of the season. Or do they just not and just we stick with what we got and just carry on playing as we are? We're capable of, if they've got that spirit in them and he's going to put that fire in the belly, that we can beat Liverpool, we can beat City. But we just have to wait and see. We don't know what's going to happen, do we? At the moment, we're enjoying football again, which is quite good. I mean, before this, I was saying it's like going back to the 80s, winning the odd game against Liverpool, doing that. And it was like be going out, being sociable with your friends rather than just going to go, oh yeah, we're going to win. Now you're getting that, and then you're obviously going to get a lot of fans that were on that on that wave that come on to the success that we had, and now they're going, and then probably will go away because they're not used to be where we probably are used to go watching watching the team in the 80s. Do you not think so Felix had a point apart to play in all this though as well? <laughs> I think having Phelan back helps Solskjaer as well. I think, like you said before, I think when David Moyes come in, he got rid of a lot of the staff at the back that shouldn't have done, should have kept players in the, or coaches in that club that knew what the club was about to help you, not just get rid of them and start again. I think that was his biggest downfall. But that's just the way it is, isn't it? That's yeah, that goes back to the director of football yeah. and uh, over, yeah. overseeing it and having a long-term vision. Even Freddie Fergie you no, just keep these in place. We're supposed to be good friends with him. Keep, no, just keep these here under your So if you need need any advice, uh, I'm there. And these coaches are here. They've been under me. They know what the club's about. That's the foundation. He's, he's having them, and then all of a sudden you get rid of them all. And you're starting again. So then the youth's gone because they're bringing in new coaches in. I think, I think one thing we all agree on, under Moyes it was shit, Van Gaal it was boring, it's just gone shit under Mourinho. It's nice just like Paul said before, it's nice to go to a game and it, it, watch it and it'd be fun. It was fun again today, it was top. And like those say, games the, yeah, they well, all, we certainly look forward to all those games, haven't we? We've gone yeah, into yeah. each, we've gone into Old Trafford, certainly the last two you know, the last two times with a big smile on our face going, oh, I can't wait, yeah, when yeah. they haven't done that for a long time, have we? In terms of, you mentioned there about the youth, there's a lot of talk about this youth team, about Tahith Chung, uh, about Dimitri Mitchell, who, who's, I think, out on loan, um, about uh, Santi Gomez coming on, about um, the young forward... Uh, Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood. Um, 
Is there a danger of pushing it too far and actually so much wanting to appease us as fans because we've gone through so much that we actually put them in too early? I know Santi Gomez came on and we were all really pleased the other day, but he probably looked quite short of where he needs to be to play in the first team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how good Reading are. I've not seen them for, since the last time I think we played them. Seems to play them in the cup every year, Reading, don't they? Um, I reckon that might be a decent game to, to, um, to stick those in. Greenwood was brilliant in the... Uh, was it Mosby or was it Fergie who said, you know, it doesn't matter how old they are, if they're good enough, they're good enough get them out there well you have to play them you, know? you have to blood them to, to see but the danger would ruin play by playing the maybe three or four youth at the weekend would be that we could get beat by a red inside even though they're not very good that we'd go out of the cup and actually that wouldn't be beneficial to United sometimes I think it's a risk you've got to take isn't it Fergie did it with the class of 99 didn't he well, he did it didn't he Fergie did it with the UC with everything sometimes you've just got to take that risk haven't you and you've got to give them the confidence you know get out there like, play like them players today get out there play with a smile on your face enjoy your football just enjoy your football yeah we said we said at the weekend what it, and it might have been a bit too, uh, bit too early to um, give the Gomez a, Gomez a run out. But what it does is, and we, we were discussing this, Paul and I, at the match, it gives everybody in the youth team and everybody in the academy that boost, I think. That might be me on the bench and that might be me getting five minutes and that might be me having a go. So I'd, I'd love to do that rather than sitting, sticking Foden on the bench. You all remember, Karen, remember that night we went to QPR and it was the Fergie's Fledgings and I think we played Denny Graham and... We, we had a few few players there, didn't we, that night? And we got a draw. Did they get a late and we had to bring them back to Old Trafford? Am I right in thinking? And it was a huge crowd at Old Trafford at QPR away. That sort of thing we loved, didn't we? And but hasn't that always been part of the United culture? Oh, yeah, we got hundreds and hundreds of games playing, um, you know you know, playing in the academy. So, so, player, it's been, so, so it's been part of the United culture, hasn't it? You know what I mean? It has. It's always been part of the culture to bring the young ones in to blood them. Let, give, give him a chance. Yeah, and we're proud of that. Like, say, City have got loads of loads way. of top loads of top you know, kids, like Sancho who's left, oh. Phil Foden who is, is it Diaz who reckons going to go to Real Madrid. And Guardiola's clearly a top coach, but he's, he's not got that youth um, youth ethic that we've got where we're sticking the young kids. Yeah, they, I know it's keep that. benefits because it has they been cheat. Part of the culture, it? United, it? It's always been part of the culture, hasn't it? United. So there we have it for the Manchester United podcast, the United We Stand podcast on the way home from Newcastle. Another great result, another decent performance, but performance to put a smile on all our faces. We watched the players play with abandon and enjoyment. We watched them try little flicks. We watched them try back heels, and we've not seen that for a long time. And so, happy new year. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win, as well as a host of special bets created by Reds. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.